greet all of you in the in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you happy this morning? Just turn around and say to your neighbor. It's great sitting next to you in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, so I think because you broke the ice with your neighbor, things will be fine. Maybe turn around and say, don't mind me excited around the weight. Intention is not to upset you. I'm just full of praise this morning. How many are full of praise this morning? I think there are zillions reasons that we have to praise Him this morning. Despite the challenges, there are still reasons to really praise God. Amen. I'm told to the mother to brother. Uh, Masango is in the building. Uh, if she can just raise her hand wherever she is. God bless you, Mama. Amen. God bless you, Rachel. Amen. Now, I don't know, Brother Mpanyana told me about Brother Komapi. Oh, God bless you, bro. Amen. God bless you, Rishli. You're welcome. Amen. This is my brother-in-law in the front. Amen. God bless him. Let's give him a round of applause. My wife, uh, his family and my wife's family are related. And every time I meet him in town, he makes sure to remind me that I gave you a wife. <laughs> so I feel checked this morning. Amen. But we are happy to be in God's presence. Uh, without waste of time, let us just go to our Bibles. I don't know whether the icons are uh, on hot or what. I think the number that we have is enough to serve as an aircon. Amen. As we turn to the book of Job. Job chapter 1. If the Bible was running, 
things in a chronological manner. This book will be at the beginning. Because it's the very first book in the Bible. Written by, it is believed it was written by Moses. 500 years before Abraham came. So, Job did not have a Bible as we have it today. His Bible was the Zodiac. So Job never read about Abraham. He never read about any of the believers. The only believer that he knew was himself. The first man to worship God. Amen. Without the written weight. Amen. And it says in verse 1, there was a a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Amen. Some theologians believe that Job never existed. They say it was just the book that is there to serve as an illustration. I would have believed them unless there was John chapter 1 verse 1. Verse 1. Because it says, they was a man. Amen. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Amen. we are very much thankful this morning. Amen. And by your grace, we are able to stand in your presence. And Lord, to see the work of redemption that has been done. Amen. We are glad that we were redeemable. And Lord, we realize that there are a lot of people that were more deserving of this than ourselves. Amen. But mercy, as we often sing, rewrote our lives. And that is why this morning we approach you with a sense of gratitude. There is no God like you. Amen. And this morning, our expectation is to listen to an unalterated word of the living God. We have been exposed to men's ideas, men's way of thinking. That is not what we are interested in at this point in time. Amen. We have made our way to this place to listen to Jehovah himself, revealing himself through his way to his seat. And you made a promise that where or truth people are gathered and are gathered in your name, you shall be in their midst. Amen. I believe you are here this morning. 
to minister to the needs of these people. I know you will touch them in a very special way. I don't know what they may be going through, but you created them and you as the omniscient one, you know what is happening in their lives. You know their needs, Heavenly Father. I'm just a human being this morning standing here as a channel that you'll use to speak to your people. And I appeal to you to shut down my intelligence. Amen. Because they are not interested in my intellectual ability. But they are interested in the weight that you will bring this morning. And when we come at the end of the service, the glory must never go to a preacher. A preacher is just as mortal as everybody else. But the glory should go to the almighty God. Amen. This is your service. You planned it before the foundation of the world. And knew exactly what you wanted to be addressed in this service. And that is why, as you are seated, we were attracted to come to this place. Not to look at one another. Because we realize it's not just a social gathering. There is a preparation that is taking place. We can see the signs in the end time to show that indeed we are really at the end time. And the prophet says there is nothing remaining except the going away of the church. And I believe these men and women, the reason they are here, they've got a desire to be part of that number that will march through the pearly gates. And that is why we really, really mean business by being here. And because we know you meant business when you called us. As we commit to the reading of the way to you, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. While you take your seats. Yes, Amen. Now, we have read here, or maybe just a few scriptures. What is the fundamental I want us to move to, let us look at the book of Proverbs 4, verse 23. If you have found it, you can say Amen. That is 423. Sasho 4, verse 23. He found it written this manner. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Pez wako wonke, ogutinayo, kina intizoyako, ogoba, kuilapo, kuvela, kona, ogupila. Amen. The Bible says, preserve your heart. For out of it are the issues of life. And let us just read the last one. We'll read it in the book of Ephesians.
on Hebrews 12, verse 15. Hebrews 12, verse 15. Hebrews 12, verse 15. It reads in this manner, looking diligently Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Nikapelisis, Kumabiko, Osilelayo, Mseni, Kangulungulu, Fona Gumile Impande, Imbi, Ebabayo, Enikobisa, Kunguliswe, Abaningi, Yo. Amen. The, the Bible speaks about preserving our hearts. And here it says we as well need to be diligent. Lest any man fail of the grace of God. And lest any root of bitterness is springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. I want to speak about a spiritual detox. Amen. 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 Oh, I don't know uh, when we speak about the years. Amen. Could be the, that's right. Amen. Spiritual detox. Because the detoxification is a physiological or medicinal removal. Of toxic substances from your system. Amen. Amen. Is there anyone here that has ever detoxified? Anyone? Anyone? If you have never done that, the system will crumble. Or because the more you drink your cold drinks, they accumulate, they make your body to be acidic. Amen. When when we speak about, I think these days, even when you buy a bar of soap. They always speak about that it is it is a pH balanced. pH balanced. Which refers to the potential of hydrogen. Amen. Amen. So it speaks about the balance between uh, the acid, the acidity of your body, and how alkaline your body is. Uh, because uh, 
the the scale is one to fourteen. And then when you are when you are at seven, they say you've got a, a balanced pH. And if anything less than seven, then your body is acidic. Uh, and when your body is acidic, uh, you you are a candidate for cancer. Uh, cancer thrives in an acidic environment. Uh, the toxic environment. Uh, so the more you drink those sodas, uh, just be careful. Uh, without detoxifying the system. Uh, maybe brother just uh, so that uh, uh, do you believe the natural types, the spiritual? I'm not just uh, on the health side. I'm going to move on to the spiritual side. Amen. So, because Brother Brenham taught us, and even the Bible taught us, that the natural types, the spiritual. Mm-hmm. I, I just need to, there we go. Oh, you, you, your body is made up of hundreds of thousands of millions of cells. That's what makes you as a human being. So you, you are just a summation of cells. Amen. Now, when you, when you speak about a, a healthy and unhealthy cell, sure. it sounds like a, a health lesson this morning, but stay with me. <laughs> I know some of you are already feeling guilty of the McDonald's that you are eating. <laughs> the cold drinks that you are consuming. Amen. Men in the early stages lived longer. Because their diet was balanced. Uh, Today, everything comes from a microwave. microwave. The there is just a drive through for everything. Uh, I was shocked when I was in Middleburg. I drove past, I think it's a liquor store. I saw that the liquor store is a drive through. <laughs> I said, goodness, drunkards don't stay in the line anymore. Amen. It's a, it's the condition of the time that we are living in. We live in a fast-paced environment with a, a fast food, and that is why 
the life expectancy has dropped. Uh, young people are having heart attack. And in the olden days it was unheard of. Because we eat so much of processed foods. We eat so much of genetically modified foods. That chicken it grows within a week is ready to be eaten. That cow, in no time it has grown, is ready to be slaughtered. Uh, Now we've got people that are getting weaker and weaker. Which is the fulfillment of the scriptures as spoken in Daniel. Knowledge shall abound. But people will be weaker. These days I see even young ones, they cannot even go to a DVD to switch it off or to change the channel. While sitting there, they just scan. We are wise, but we are dying faster. I don't know whether you get the scriptural application as well. Even today's sermons are genetically modified. It's microwave sermons. Uh, There is no time for prayer. And that is why you see Christians becoming weaker. With knowledge but becoming weaker. Because why? The things that they eat are clogging up their system. Uh, Until such time today people think that living a Christian life is difficult. Living a Christian life is not difficult. Uh, it's actually for me it's the easiest thing. Because it's not you living that life, it's him living that life in you. If it could be you trying to live that life, then you will be uh, uh, you fail. Now, when you look at the the unhealthy cell, uh, this one is unhealthy. A cell that is not healthy because a cell must be able to absorb the nutrients and release the waste. Amen. But for, for a cell to be able to do that, it must have sufficient oxygen in it. That cell must not be uh, they speak about the fermentation of sugar. fermentation of sugar. Amen. There's a, a doctor that made the study trying to 
check what is the cost of cancer is the world-renowned uh, doctor. Dr. Otto Oberg is the one that brought this thing. Now, a cell that does not have oxygen, then it becomes a candidate, it becomes cancerous. Because it is hard and rigid. So the nutrients cannot go into that cell. And as soon as whatever goes there, it does not able to release the, the waste. Which when you look at this one, the nutrients go into the cell, then the waste comes out. This, this is a healthy cell. But this one, it is a candidate for cancer. A believer that does not have the Holy Spirit flowing through them they won't be able to release the things of the world out of their lives. And such believers, they become cancerous in the body of Christ. Such believers make others not to be able to access their healing. Brother Brenham says, do you know that you are, you are, you are your unconfessed sins will hinder someone from getting ill. And at the day of judgment, you will be held responsible. So, a, a, a real believer allows the Holy Spirit to flow into them. Amen. Now, when, when you have absorbed so much of toxic, toxic deposits, Hallelujah, uh, it, it can lead to a memory loss. Amen. It can lead to a blood vision. It can lead to acid reflux Amen. Uh, you, you know that that had been during the night. Hallelujah. It's because of the acidic reflux. So I, I can go and on the, the joint inflation and stiffness in your body. Uh, when, when, when you have absorbed so much of acid, you, you find it difficult to wake up in the morning. How, how many know what I'm talking about? Uh, it, it looks like your leg is very stiff. Your, your neck is very stiff. Those are the signs that your environment is ascetic. But, but this 
is just in the natural. I'm going to move into the spiritual. Because the natural types the spiritual. So I wanted to demonstrate what I mean when I say to detoxify. Uh, things that are being used to detoxify are never nice to taste. Those that detoxify, they know what I'm talking about. Some of us, we use apple cider. That thing is terrible. Hallelujah. Uh, some of you, you use green tea. It is terrible. Amen. And others, I can go on and on. But don't use Tameta, please. It will kill you. You need something that is proven. What, what, you, what, you, what you use to, to detoxify the system is never, it always sounds, it tastes what you use to detoxify your spiritual system always tastes the bitter. The word of God, when it comes to you and it detoxifies your system, sometimes it makes you condemned. It makes you to feel guilty so that you can repent. Because if we if we use the wrong system to detoxify, uh, the wrong thing to detoxify your system, it can end up making you sick rather than helping you. Maybe you can uh, take it out. I just wanted to, 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 to get your mind, your framework in the right way. But my scripture, I'm going to use a, a job to show what I'm trying to drive home. Job, or the Bible as it says, there was a man called Job who was an upright man, uh, who was a holy man. The Bible speaks highly of Job. He was an upright man. It was a man that God thought highly of. And then we will go into the life of Job and take you through the life of Job. This man was Job. This man was perfect. This man was upright. This man feared God. This man eschewed evil or avoided evil. So he was a perfect man in the sight of God. And while at it, I just want you to change your focus. It 
does not mean that when you are upright you will not have trials. It does not mean that when you serve God there will not be offenses. And actually the day you become upright you attract trials. Do you know what I'm talking about? The day you become upright, that's the more you attract trials. So, Job was an upright man. Job was a perfect man. Job feared God. And Job eschewed evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. Actually, when you look at the wealth of Job, I saw somebody converted what he had into today's monetary terms. What Job had in his time, if you convert it into monetary terms, it was almost 20 million US dollars. 20 million US dollars. So he, he was a multi-millionaire. Why a multi-millionaire? Because in those days the wealth was measured by stock. He had 7,000 sheep. He had 3,000 camels. He had 500 female donkeys. I, I said seven thousand sheep three thousand yokes of oxen and five hundred female donkeys and the Bible goes further to say that this man was the greatest of all the men in the east so that means young men looked up to him so that means other men looked up to him. Because the life of Job, it looked blessed. It looked like he attracted God's favors. And, and people looked up to them. But, but I want you to say, to, to realize something here. And Brother Brenham loved this statement. Happiness does not consist of how much of the world's goods you own. But how content you are with the portion that's allotted to you. So a believer has got no room for greediness. A believer has got no room for jealousy. If God blesses somebody you just believe that my time, my turn is coming. Because see, jealousy and holiness can never coexist. And if God has blessed you with things, but I want you to say, my life is higher than what I possess. I, I, I may have these Amen. things, but these things are not me. 
Because some people they tie their their identity in what they own. They can't see themselves outside the car that they drive. As somebody say, I don't care what what you drive, I care what drives you. So a believer he does not get his identity based on what they own. Job had all. But what he had never defined him. And how do we know that? Then when we look at this life that was admirable. Now in the background something was taking place. As the sons of God appeared before God. Then the devil appeared as well to appear in the presence of the Lord. And God had a a, a conversation and said, you devil, where have you been? He says, I've been to and fro. He was just lottering around And God said, but as you are lottering around, have you considered my servant job? Oh, when God begins to have a conversation with the devil about you, I can tell you the trial is coming. And you are not a real believer until God has a discussion with the devil about you. Because God spoke proudly of Job. Have you considered my servant Job? And then now the devil looked at him and said, but yes, I've looked at him. He says, there is none like him. He is a righteous man. And the devil went further and said, but the reason he is righteous and the reason he worships you is because you have put a hedge around him. I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter how much the devil can be upset with you. But there is a hedge that he shall never bypass. The devil does not just operate on his time. His movements are authorized. Now he says, but there is a hedge that you put around him. And God looked at the table and said, look, that hedge, or just regard disregard it. Go and deal with him. He said, actually, I put, I deliver him into your hand. Go and deal with him. But do not touch him. Are you with me? Can you see the devil operates by permission? And now, he went down and he bypassed the hedge by authorization. After he bypassed it, in one day, 7,000 sheep disappeared. Things happened in one day. Job was stripped of everything in one day. The children died. The stock was taken. Hallelujah. Are we together? 
Now while he was there, listen to Job. He said, naked did I come here and naked shall I leave this place. This is a man that realized his wealth was not tied to wealthy things. He had a higher identity higher than what he owned. How many people today define themselves based on what they have? But he had a job he was still praising God. God has given. God has taken. But look, it was at the beginning of this trial. When a trial starts, you still have energy. When the trial starts, your testimonies are still fresh. It was, it was at the beginning of the trial. And it says, God has given. And God has Praise be the name of the Lord. And now, the devil went back to appear before God and said, no, 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 no. no." A man can survive adversity as long as it does not touch him. And now, God says, now I give you a permission again. I don't know whether you realize that the trials that are in your life have been authorized by the very God that you worship. Because God wants to test your authenticity. God is not interested in a crowd, folks. When you say we worship him, the almighty God. No, God will sift the crowd. And he uses the trials to sift the crowd. And if you can withstand the trials, you are a genuine saint. I don't care who it is this morning. Everyone that you are sitting next to, they've got their own trial. You can say, goodness, the one that I'm sitting next to has got money, I've got, I'm broke. With even his wealth, there is a trial. Because trials take different forms. Everyone has got a trial to test our authenticity. Now the table comes. Then he, he, he makes Job sick. Now we see Job's skin turning. I, I don't know what disease was that. Maybe it was a a, 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 a leukemia of skin. But we see Job beginning to scratch his body. He has lost everything. Now his health is crumbling. But even though these things were happening, God was still silent. My question, do you have the ability to trust God when he is silent? When when the devil puts you under pressure and God is silent, have you got the ability to still trust God when he does nothing about you 
your situation. Yes, he's looking at you. But he's doing nothing. Now Job was there. We see a man that was admired. His dignity slipped away. And as we are looking at him, until such time, as he was there on the ash heap, and as he was there on his trial, three friends came to visit him. And the whole Bible, or the whole book of Job, it is a conversation between Job and his friends. When they came to visit him, and they found him and looked at him, they couldn't even recognize him. For seven days, they kept silent. Because they were affected by what they saw. How, how can this great man that we looked up to? How, how did he come to this level? Brothers and sisters, if you realize, wherever you are, it is by the grace of God. Because anytime God can allow things to fall apart. And there is nothing if God authorizes a move, it's authorized. If God says touch his marriage, your marriage will be touched. If God says touch his career, it will be touched. When God puts you through a process to test your sonship, he leaves no stone unturned. He was job was stripped of his dignity. His friends could not recognize him. And when they came, they couldn't speak for seven days. They looked at him and say, What happened? They were just weeping. And say, But this man is a former himself. Is a shadow of himself. We And let me tell you, during the trial, it's not so much about what happens to you. It's so much how you react Amen. to it. A trial will never overcome you. But how you react to it, it will overcome you. And actually, the devil knows some of you are infallible because of your relationship with God. But what he wants to do, he wants to misalign you with the will of God. Now, here was Job. As he was going through this trial, the friends were there. Let me, when you read that book, go and read it. They preached to him every day. Amen. They preach to him every day. Every day, everyone had a sermon. Another sermon. Another sermon. And let me tell you something. If I was sure, I would have told my friend, I don't need a sermon. I need somebody to pray for me. I don't need somebody to lecture me. And as they are conversing with Job, they reveal their spiritual image. 
authority. They say there is no way such things could happen to a man. If a man is Russian, that means you have done something wrong that you need to repent of. That's spiritual immaturity. We don't have the trial because we did something wrong. We are having the trials because God tests whatever the child that comes to him. And Job has been tested. And let me read some of the statements just to check how the man was affected. I will just quote it you don't need to read it. Job chapter 6. But Job answered and said, Oh, that my grief were thoroughly weighed and my calamity laid in the balances together. For now it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore my words are swallowed up. He comes again in Job chapter 10 verse 1. My soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complainant upon myself. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. He comes again. He says my breath is corrupt. My days are extinct. The graves are ready for me. He comes again. How long will he vex my soul and break me in pieces with weight. This was a man that was going through a trial. He had no reference that somebody went through what he was going through. He had no scripture that he could relate to. Because this was the first book. How much more you when you got the clouds of witnesses you can go to the Bible and say by faith Abraham by faith Enoch that gives encouragement but Job did not have Hebrews 11 but yes he had a trial that he was going through and everything was taken and while he was going there one of the tests that came it was when his wife turned his back on him and say, why don't you curse God and die? And Job was there on the edge. Have you ever gone through a trial? Wait has taken so much of you. Have you gone through a trial where you thought it will be resolved but it's not resolved? Because the danger of a trial even if you may overcome it Everybody can leave you bitter. Some people are bitter because of the trials that they go through. And they look around their surroundings and say, people have got no idea what I'm going through. And people will, will pass 
remarks. Let me tell you something. If you think you are immune from offenses, offenses will come. As long as we are living on earth, offenses will come. People will offend you. People will wrong you. But how you react, that is what is important. Let me tell you something. When I speak about detoxifying your system, my question is that if people have wronged you, have you got the ability, even without them asking for forgiveness, have you got the ability to disregard your emotions, to disregard your interests, and say, I forgive you, even though you never asked for forgiveness. Forgiveness, it is a gift to the forgiver. Some of you are dying spiritually because you never forgave people that wronged you. And some of the people that wronged you are dead. Where are you going to get them? Because they are dead. The first thing that you need to do to liberate yourself is let it go. Yes, they wronged you, but let it go. Let me tell you something. What will remain you solidified on a Christian journey is your ability to come against an offense and let it go and come against another one and let it go. But if you don't let it go, it accumulates in your system. It makes you bitter and miserable. Have you ever seen people that are miserable? There is no joy they are trapped. Because somebody some years ago did something wrong. And that person, wherever he is, he doesn't even care. He has forgotten. But you, you are troubled. Because you have absorbed it in your system. This morning I said, let it go. If Let them live your life. 
This may sound very harsh. But I want to tell you, never ever try to keep people in your life if they have decided to go. Yes. In the message, you can't say amen. It doesn't mean that you are hateful. Because you, your life, is following a specific script that was written by the Almighty God. And when the time has come for the people to go, you must say goodbye. It doesn't mean that they are bad. They are not bad people. They are not connected to your path going forward. I don't know whether the church is here. The problem today, we want to keep the people that God wants to release. The problem today, we want to make something alive that God has killed. Today, we want to write something that God made it to fall. And that's why you are frustrated. But this morning I say, let it go. If people leave, they are not connected to you. Yes, your father left. He had to go. He's not part of, of your destiny. Even if you can find him. I've, I've looked at... Maybe some days we'll share our personal stories. A young guy grows up. The father left. When the father... When he has grown up... The mother raised the boy. Hallelujah. Broke as she is. The day the boy is able to speak. Where is my father? Why do you look for somebody that is not looking for you? It may sound harsh. Because why? If he ran away and you spend time looking for him, what if you find him and he rejects you afresh? You'll be even more traumatized. If he's a real man, he will come looking for you and say, My son, I left when you was young. This happened. Forgive me. I know you struggle to hear. But these things, they make us to be toxic. They still are joy. How many people have left you and you felt worthless? And you, have, you, you saw your value dropping. It was not your fault. Maybe tell your neighbor the people that left you, it was not your fault. Don't take blame for things that are not to you. For you to be on your shoulders. You need to be able to let go. And after you have let go, you don't hate. You become loving. Because the root of bitterness is defiling many today. Amen. What you see in the message today, even pastors can't let go. The bitter. He left my church. He is going to hell. If you associate with him, you will go to hell. That man has got bitterness. 
If people leave your church, it doesn't make them less of believers. Yes, sir. They can be better served in some way. Amen. Amen. I always say God has brought variety in the message. If you're in a small church, it irritates you. There is a bigger church to find. And if there is a bigger church, it irritates you. There is a smaller one to find. We are spoiled for variety. Don't ever worship where you don't want to worship. I'm referring to you here. If you feel uncomfortable, you come and say, Pastor. I found another church. I will be better served today. We will release you. You have never heard it being preached like that. That is the truth. Don't hold people. People must be there because they want to be there. And after they are gone, don't hate them. Don't talk bad about them. When you meet them, greet them. Bless you. How are the services? And if they say we are blessed there, don't say he's trying to be funny. Just say I'm glad you are being blessed. Let us not accumulate negativity, people. Let us be believers. Because we are doves. And a dove has got no gall. Where it absorbs bitterness. No, sir. Are we still together? Amen. Amen. Brother Brenham says, he speaks to in a discernment. He says, in this message, the South African testimony. He says, have faith in God. He speaks to somebody. Believe with all your heart. How do you do? You believe with all your heart. You believe me to be his servant. You're standing here for someone else. That's, that's who's really nervous. I see a battle or something, another. It's your husband, he's a soldier. He's like his battle fatigued. He's torn apart. I see him at a place called it's a veteran's administration. You've come to stand for him for his two nevers to come. Have you ever gone through a battle where it made you to be fatigued? And not only fatigued but left you with a complex. Rejected. Until it created a complex. And not being being able to appreciate those people that are in your life. 
we look at them and say, when, where is this one living? Because the others have left you. Has it ever happened to you? A young girl that has been rejected by parents, married to her husband, every now she thinks, she thinks, he's going to do exactly what they did to me. A young man whose father ran away, he's trying to think, will I be able to measure up to fatherhood? He's he's having insecurity, mind battles. Because of the battle, it can make you fatigued and leave you with some complexes. I'm just taking you through the people that were coming through the prayer line. In the message Africa Faith, Africa Trip Report. Paragraph 70. He says, are you a patient lady? Do you believe that God will reveal your troubles to me? That's all I can do by the gift. You are a believer. With, filled with the Spirit. Now look. You have a nervous condition. A strain which is due to the time of it is with you. A strain which is due to the time. Then another thing, you've got a stomach trouble and your nervousness has caused the stomach trouble which is an ulcer in the stomach. It's causing it to swell. Sometimes flooding of the heart and your mental conditions. You feel strained and upset all the time and depressed. Many times Satan has told you you have crossed over the line. But his light is the liar. Jesus Christ has healed you. Do you believe that? Then he says, go away and Jesus Christ makes you well. That's, it just shows you the strain that people come under. Hallelujah. Because of the trials that they go But the best thing that can make you to detox is prayer. Prayer revitalizes your spiritual system. I'm glad you said amen, but a lot of people don't know how to pray. Amen. Let's hear what the prophet speaks here. In the message of the supernatural, paragraph 34, he says, men and women who live in there are misunderstood. He says, prayer. He says, God never come for just a, just doesn't come in any haphazard way. Prayer is not a perhaps. Prayer is a sincere thing. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is not just to get down 
and shut your eyes and thinking about your washing or your work you are doing and say Lord help me and John heal Jones and so forth that's not prayer but a lot of times we think when we kneel down and pray and close our eyes and say oh father that's prayer brother says that's not prayer it's just a repeating of some ways but prayer is to come into the atmosphere where you are realized that you are now in the presence of God actually a real prayer can never take place unless there is a quiet time before that prayer prayer is not just coming calling the family you that is doing dishes come and come around oh father then you say you've got a prayer life that's not a prayer life it's just a repeating way prayer is to set a time aside and say today the whole afternoon I will be in the presence of the Lord and you begin to read to the Bible you begin to meditate on the greatness of God it's not when you go and ask for this and that people think when they go to God with demand list is prayer that's not prayer hallelujah because prayer is an activity of fellowship. And Brother Brenham says, but prayer is to come into an atmosphere where you realize you are now in the presence of God. You are moving, to, you are moving there in the deepest of sincerity. First, it's a worship. Oh, Jehovah. How I love you. That's prayer. You need to appreciate him first and speak of his greatness and show your gratitude show your admiration then it makes you to come into a state atmosphere then you become sincere and it comes down because of the admiration then you begin to talk to God and he responds to you delivers today they are in a hurry we are going this, we've got deadlines to meet. We need to do this and that. Be honest with yourself. When have you ever shut the door and just remained alone and began to admire God and admire to appreciate Him? Few is happening. Now you, now you wonder why your system is toxic. Why have you become negative. What happened to the joy of your salvation? Why are you unforgiving? But yet you're a worshiper. You don't spend time with God. Are you here, believer? We always have issues to resolve. We've got something that we are chasing. And God gets a little portion of your time. And when you are there, the only thing that you do is to demand. Where is that job? I mean, if you are married to a woman, you hardly see her. 
Every time you see her, I need you to buy me a car. That's not relationship. Hallelujah. A relationship is where you come and have a fellowship and worship him and admire him and thank him without him doing anything. Have you realized a heart that is full of gratitude attracts God's blessings? There are people that can thank God for nothing. And there are people that cannot thank God for everything. He does this, it's not a big deal, they move on. Have you realized believers are no longer thankful there's a brother that stole his car came to church and gave it to the believers because that was his means of income the believers began to pray that venture was found no thanksgiving coming we found that brother talking to other brothers you know brothers there was a device that I had in the engine why did you bring your matter to God if you had a device that is the attitude of believers today. When God does something, He says, No, it had to happen because it's me. No, sir, there is a God that intervenes. When He intervenes, come to the house of God. one of the things that pollutes the system. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are full here. Do you, don't you think we've got Thanksgiving that should have come? Yes. God, God bless your brother what? For bringing your Thanksgiving. If it was others, they would say, you know, that special is that we go and my wife is a good specialist. You don't know that specialist has looked at the other couple and shook his head and said, there isn't much that I can do. Be, be a believer that is full of gratitude. Then it detoxifies your system. Prayer. Gratitude. Forgiveness. Then it, 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 it makes you happy. Hey, some of you are bitter. Somebody owes you money, never paid you. You can't sleep. And I've got news, he is not planning to pay you. And if you are not going to be happy, he is happy wherever he is. If I was you, I'd say, whether you owe me or you don't owe me, God will provide another one. 
you will never steal my joy. Let it me. Let it go. Ngangothi ungabu ngabhatha lokanye ngibhadala uNkulunkulu uzokuhlinzelela ngenye ngiyayithedela. Have you seen in the end time? I don't know whether you get what I'm where I'm going. Angazi niyathola lapho ngiya khona na. In the end time when somebody has wronged you. Esikhathi sogcina umuntu othila after they have wronged you he looks for others that can help him to be bitter then you've got bitterness movement going on it's us against them no prayer groups no fellowship oh. I want to keep it real believers today they don't come and fellowship about the spoken word it's about my church and their church they are wrong we are right they did this and that when we, we are right do you see the body of Christ is toxic ministers when they preach is no longer to liberate the pulpit discredit that pulpit that pulpit discredit that pulpit where where is the synergy the unity that's why today you don't even celebrate when a sinner comes in we celebrate floor crossing his brother used to fellowship with him now he's with us when you go to them do you know that brother is now with us spiritually maturity in the end time rather than telling the sinners God send the prophet Jesus loves you you go to other believers your church is bad your pastor is bad come out you don't know what happens in heaven. Silence. Doesn't add any value. But when that sinner comes, after the world has dealt with him harshly, and comes and he sits down there and listens to the word and realizes that there is God that loves me. As we said on Wednesday, maybe it's a dry bone. And he sits down there and realizes I'm hopeless. My life is dry. It's got no testimony. But when the, God, when the Holy Spirit moves upon that person and, and there is a conviction and he stands up and he says, Oh God, I want to serve the God that these people serve. But heaven begins to dance. Amen. Amen. When was the last time we made heaven to dance? Churches are becoming toxic. Leaders want to be served rather than saving. You know, and say it how it is. Hallelujah. Because there's hierarchy. It's a power, it's an organizational structure. Hallelujah. Everyone has got a cabal around them. A church has become a political environment. And the political leadership. And you wonder why people are negative, why people are spiritually fatigued. There's nothing moving there. 
Their system is stocked up. They've got no testament. They are dying in the pews. God is a distant idea away. I think there is more repentance needed within the church of the living God from the leaders down to the followers. And we rededicated our lives back to God. Then you will see humility. Love. You know when you are in a toxic home, you can feel the atmosphere. If a man has got, if a wife has got an abusive husband, and you are with them, you will see fear in the eyes of the wife. Let this man not lose his temper until the visitors are gone. Today, even sisters abuse brothers. Brothers full of fear. Let my wife behave as long as they are here. After they are gone, she can do what she normally does. Our homes are toxic. And our children, they see that and say, what they preach in church has got no effect in this home. Are you not amazed that our young people are leaving the message? They look and hear the message, they think it's just the thing at church. But if they can see that life, Coming into the home, daddy being an upright man, mommy being a sweet woman, and they are dedicated to the cause of God. That child will say, When I grow up, I want to have a family like my family. Brothers, do your daughters want to marry husbands like you when they grow up? Yes, I've heard young people say, me, I don't want to get married to a message brother. What makes her to say that statement? She saw somebody who claimed to be a message brother living a life that was not in line with being a message brother and saying, no, 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 no. no. Are you still here? Yes. Integrity. What you say and how you live, they Then you become a man of integrity. Whether people see you or they don't see you, you are an upright man. Forgiving. Upright. Then God comes and keeps you alive. Are you still here with me? It's a second. Brother Branham says, oh, brother, brother, in the message, the junction time, the junction time, some of us were sick because of what we eat. Amen. You know, a good meal takes time to prepare. Amen. 
a bad meal. It's ready in the flesh. If you want to know how bad it is, look at how fast it comes. The faster it is, the worse it is. A good meal takes time to prepare. Amen. Even the chicken, an organic chicken, it takes time to cook. But a genetically modified one, bright pack, Amen. Sisters have got problems with it. They say if you cook it longer, it disintegrates. And if you cook it shorter, there's still blood in it. Do you know what I'm talking about? The food that we are eating make us sick. Spiritually speaking, it applies. What do you eat can make you sicker or can make you healthier. Brother Brenham says in the message of Junction Time, paragraph 17, you wouldn't eat. You wouldn't eat soup with a fly in it. You wouldn't. You'd be afraid to eat food that didn't look just right and was contaminated. Because you know it might give you poison and will kill you in a little bit. You wash out this body. But the soul you let it feast on the things of the world which you know is contaminated and can only do one thing take you to destruction and no matter how well you treat this body how good a food or how it lives it's got to go to the dust of the earth but that soul will live forever somewhere I would rather eat a contaminated Soup, and contaminate my soul with the things of the world. Because we detoxify the body. We make sure that it's eating healthy. We check the diet of the body. But listen, we apply the same diligency on the soul. And the soul will live forever. But the soul, the body, will go back to the dust. If I was you this morning, I will go and do an introspection. How, how is my soul? Is there toxic in my soul? Is there negativity in my soul? Is there acidity in my soul? And if it is there, I will begin to detoxify. Some of you young people, in order to detoxify, there are some wealthy friends that you must say goodbye to. As long as they are in your life, they pollute your soul. Yes, even you elderly, the friendship that we have, we must terminate them. Amen. Are you here, Nicole? Where do you spend your time? Things that you do. Do they make you a better believer? Or do they take virtue away? 
Today is even more dangerous. There's some believers that you need to avoid. You can try to help them up to a point. But if you just see this person is just negative. Stay away. Your virtue is precious. You need people that can make you better. Do you know what I'm talking about? There are believers when you go to them, you appreciate God more. And there are people when you go to them, it weighs you down. But the choice is yours. When we are how to detoxify? Let me say this to you. If they talk bad about you, and you talk bad about them, you're polluting your soul. Brother Brandon say, if they talk about you, and you talk about them, God steps out. Because you can handle it. But if you keep quiet, God will go in. Don't defend yourself unnecessarily. If they talk, let them talk. But today we are too defensive. I want to know what she said about you. What did they say about me? What they say about you is none of your business. But what God says about you, means the world to you. Stop paying attention to wrong people. Amen. Amen. This is just pollutes you. Are you still with me? There's a quotation that I want to read. Brother Branham was speaking about the heart. Amen. It is what the human heart was made for. Amen. Let me get it out. Just quote it. But I heard it here. Do you love the Lord this morning? Amen. Just stop impressing people that don't matter and impress God. A human being does not have heaven. A human being does not have heaven. But God has got heaven. Amen. He says in this message, if you notice, when you are discouraged, that's when the devil can really pour it on you. Have you realized when you are discouraged, things just get worse? Amen. That's when he gets you. If you come to the church and say, well, I don't know. I don't know whether I'll ever get any better or not. I've been prayed for twice. Oh my. You might as well go home. That's all. God don't want you to be frowning. God wants you to be happy. The human heart was made to be happy. Worry will cause cancer. 
Worry will cause cancer. Temper will cause cancer. Don't ever be upset. Just walk in his love. Amen. But how many times do we frown? And it pollutes our system. People are not happy anymore. Happiness is scarce. Hallelujah. But we that received the prophet prophet, and that had the revealed weight, we should be the happiest people. Who should drag our feet and be frowning? A human heart was made to be happy. And how do you make sure that your heart is happy? The Bible says preserve your heart. Things that come into your heart, check them. Cut your heart jealously. Hallelujah. But today, we are careless about what we hear, what we expose ourselves to. It pollutes us. It makes us negative. It makes us not even to testify. Because why? The system is clogged up. When was the last time you went to an unbeliever and you were excited about the things of God and spoke about the things of God until a believer says, even if I don't believe what you believe, I wish I could believe because it makes you happy. But the way is joy. Yes, we've got salvation, but we've lost the joy of salvation. Do you remember the time when you first came into the message? Wherever you went, you talked about God. You were happy about God. I've seen it even in this church. They baptize somebody is excited about the message. Not long, they look tired like everybody else. Why? Something has gone wrong. Because why? He comes, he joins them himself with those that have lost the joy of salvation. Because once you are in and you got the message, what do we say to you? We thank God. God sent the prophet. Something he rejoices. He says, my brother, we really thank God. But if you say to somebody, we thank God, God sent the prophet. Let's wait for a year or two and see whether you'll be as happy as There are some people that were as happy as they are gone. We are still here. Have you ever picked up that attitude? attitude We have been long here. It's not about being long. Are you still happy to be there? Do the quotations still bring joy? Do the songs still bring joy? If they are not bringing joy, your system is polluted. You need to detoxify. Yes, even now as I'm doing some, they come to each other. But they used to say, Amen, corner. What happened? You, you, when you came in, you hardly sat down. It was Amen after Amen. Because you were happy for the word of God. But today, we can preach until the preacher is blue. You just look and stand here. 
esteem is polluted. You need a renewal of in the spirit. I say, oh God, restore my joy. I still salvation. I need the joy of my salvation. What happened to your praises? When you used to be excited and looking forward to get to the house of God. Today when you come you say, I don't want to see that sister. I don't want to see that brother. You want to talk better about it. Let it go. You are not here for them. You are here for the Almighty God. Are you here believers? The system has clocked up. Politics have clocked up. What happened to your joy? Hallelujah. What happened to the days? Even in your marriage, you sit with your wife and read quotation and say, This blessed me. And she said, This blessed me. They happened today? Guys, they are not No. Toxic. Environment became toxic. But we need to detoxify. When you are happy, naturally, you look younger. Even when you are old. And when you are healthy spiritually, you look happy even when you have trials. In the midst of storm, you are relaxed. God is in charge. Job was there. There is one thing that consoles Job. I don't care what they say. I have checked my spirit and my spirit bears record with his spirit that I am right. I am not going to listen to the negativity. Do you know what the Bible says? It says when Job in his sick condition looked at his friends and realized they are in a more worse condition than he was in. You guys are healthy. You guys are fine. But the negativity. And the Bible says Job. Began to pray for his friends. This man is is in a hopeless situation. But he still can rise up. And pray for his friends. My question is. In your condition. When they do this and that to you. Are you able to rise up? Pray for them. And look what happened. When Job began to pray for them. Then God began to deal with Job. Abraham says, when you pray for somebody, God hears more than when you pray for yourself. And when you pray for somebody, God will come and deal with you. When was the last time you went in God's presence and just prayed for everybody? And not demand anything. Oh God. This brother is going through this trial. May God help him. 
God hears such a prayer. Because it's not a selfish prayer. When was the last time you stood in the gap for somebody? If you don't pray for them, you will never love them. The more you pray for people, the more you love them. Have you ever been angry with somebody? But you kneeled down. As you pray for them, then there was a love that came into your heart. But believers these days, when we are angry, we don't pray. My phone brother says, are you home? I'm coming there. Yes, and I'll go there. But I'm that she did this. And, and even her, she will not say, let's pray. Is it? Even me, the way she looks at me, that's toxic. And when you come to church, you're self-conscious. You can't praise God. You look at the people that you talked about. And when you're a husband, you talk bad about other believers to your wife. Oh. You kill your own family. Oh. Have you realized that a lot of time, precious kids don't last in the message? A lot of times, it's because of the careless talks in the house. They come to church. They know what's happening in that person's life. What's happening there? They die. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. Preachers, kids. In America, they call them PKs. Preachers, kids. When you speak in your house, check <laughs> because you may pollute your house. And whatever you plant, you shall reap. Amen. You need to be diligent as believers. What do we expose our kids to? And if you talk about that brother, and they are listening, they say, if brother so-and-so can do it, us, who are we? They go, and they do that. Be careful. The environment must never be toxic. Even the church as a pastor must check that this church must not be toxic. Because when an environment is toxic, people are treated based on who they are and what they have. If you have nothing, you will get treated as nothing. May this church never come to that level. A brother can be as broke as he is. But let him know that I'm something there in the house of God. Then we'll say you have a healthy church. I've realized, I'm going to be honest as I close. 
Sometimes brothers come into the church and as they are honest, God blesses them. They become people of integrity at work. They are trusted. Then they get promoted. Not long. They want to be treated special than anybody else based on their ranks at work. And when we don't treat them as such, they get offended. And they leave church. We are done. But in this church, we are not going to treat anybody based on what they have. And whether you have or you don't have, you are important. Whether you drive or you don't drive, you are important. Because why? You are a soul. Yes, don't pretend like you don't know what I'm talking about. The children of Brother Kune, they are no go area. Because he's a good giver in church. The children of this brother, because he doesn't have anything, they get kicked by everybody. That's a toxic environment. Everybody must be equal before the way. Including the pastor's children. The pastor's wife. You shall not Are you then you've got unity and the spirit of God moves? But never change the environment to accommodate an individual. We must always make the environment to accommodate God. Never change to keep anybody in church, brethren. Mm-hmm. If a person leaves, they must leave. Not, and we must love them. But don't change anything to accommodate. You carry on with the weight. Hallelujah. And, th- and, and I've realized if you rely on God and not on people, God always brings the right people in your life to move you forward. God first. Then it will detoxify. May God richly bless you as we stand up. Just help us with a worshiping song. It's all wrong.
Maybe he might have not gone deeper into what the situation was like. The doctors said, we choose between the mother and the baby. One has got to go. But we intervened by prayer. God can do the miraculous. And the mother and the baby are fine. How is the family brother lucky? Bring the baby to church so that we can dedicate the baby to the Lord. Amen. Amen. So that God can continue to protect the baby. Only believe all things are possible. While we're going to pray with our mother, she comes to the fore.
Father, you have spoken in your words that by your stripes we were healed. And this woman is not an exception this morning. As I lay my hands upon her, I know the devil is a liar. He is the cause of this condition. But there is a promise that whenever we come against him, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he shall flee. I say, Jabel, you've got no right to be in this body. This body was made to be the temple of the living God. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And let the life of this demon leave this body. And from this day henceforth, this body must be a temple of the living God. Oh God, we have seen you doing the miraculous under the ministry of the prophet. And we believe that you did not go when the prophet left to the sea. We believe that you are the, still the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm laying my hands upon this sister. Let it be a testimony that this God is more than capable. Because there is nothing that is hard for the Lord. Yes. As I lay my hands upon her in the most gracious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our eyes closed as we continue harming it. 
prophet says the angel of the Lord loves this song. Maybe you've got a need wherever you are sitting. God can minister to your needs right today. Just believe all things are possible. Just harm it. Thank you, Father. can touch you. Just believe. As Brother Lechando comes to close the service with the word of prayer, Let's keep on arming it. of the heaven and the earth the eternal one sons and daughters of God have gathered in your house and oh God you came down as you always do father you never fail to come down yes you meet all the appointments father even when you are scorned even when you are loved at you meet that appointment father Lord we left our home in very complex situation, but we came into the right place. And at the right time, oh God, you came down. Yes. Father, we can say what a victory. What a victory to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Father. What a victory to say amen to the word, Father, that has been spoken in your age. Mm. We can say to Satan and the gates of hell, back off. Yes. The children of God are marching on. Exactly. The mighty army is going on. Hallelujah. Father God, we see the camps, we see the complexes of life. We see the body of God dying. But you promise, oh God, you shall restore. Yes. What the cankerworm has eaten, what the palmerworm has eaten, what the locust has eaten, oh God. Now is the restoration time. Thank you. The restoration of the bright tree, oh God. She shall blow, O God. Father God, even the devil can stand and look at and say, I can do nothing, for I see the blood, O God. Heavenly Father, we are here. We are at the right place. Sin can be forgiven right here. Hallelujah. A backslider can come back right here. A marriage can be restored right here. Let it be so, Father. 
Lord God, a vision can be restored right here. A zeal for God can be restored, oh God. Here we are, Father. Forgive us, oh God. We need your mercy. We need your grace, oh God. You said your word will not come for vanity, Father. It has to accomplish something, oh God. Yes. You have spoken it, Father. And so shall it be, O oh God. We humble our hearts before you, Father. We say we have heard your word. Now as we leave here, O oh God, make us to be the doers of your way. Let it be so far. We pray, Heavenly Father, that, O oh God, such a time that we have had here, may we not just, Father, neglect it, Father. Bless your servant, O oh God. Bless the children of God, Father. Hide each one under the precious blood of the Son, Jesus Christ. As we leave this place, oh God, we don't just close the service, Father. May there be meditation in our hearts. Let it be. May there be meditation in our cars. Meditation along the way, oh yes. Jesus. You always join those who are meditating about That's you, oh God. May there be a meditation, Father, wherever we go, about the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. May the atmosphere, Father, go with us to our respective family. May, oh God, we all say, the Lord Jesus Christ, we have seen him in our lives. We bring you praise, glory, and honor. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ, pray thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. God bless you. In the cross, in the cross. In the cross. Yes. Shall so shall fly.
an answer to every devil's challenge. He was defeated and confirmed defeated on Sunset Mountain. Whatever he does, it's just a bluff. He is roaring like a lion, he is not a lion. There is only one lion of the tribe of Judah that has prevailed. Amen. Just give us a dismissal song till we see you on Wednesday. 6 o'clock. God give you grace and let it be a victorious week. Just remember the word will defeat the devil anyway, anytime, under any condition. When you meet that snake, the old serpent, apply the weight. This is Amen. It's a wonderful day. Oh, yes. It's a wonderful day. I believe that. Wonderful day.